Hello, everybody. You know what you're doing? You're listening to Comedy Film Nerds episode 412. Getting close to 420. I feel like we should have Doug Benson in for episode 420. <laughs> Because it kind of smells like 420 in here. No, that's because Sam Tripoli was recording his show in here, Punch Drunk Sports or whatever, before. Yeah, and apparently they had a sponsor that's all going to give us contact highs. Yeah, it's the contact high company is they're giving us. Um, I'm Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini, and welcome to the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. We've got uh, a lot of movies to talk about We do have a lot of movies to discuss. We're going to get into Pacific Rim, uh, Unsafe, and... Uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, I thought you were saying Pacific Rim instead of Pacific Rim Uprising. You were just calling it Pacific Rim Unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> the movie Unsafe, a yes. separate film. Mm-hmm. Uh, unsane. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Pacific Rim is not safe. No, it's not okay. safe at all. <laughs> it's uh, it's dangerous. It is. Mm-hmm. The Gary Shandling doc we're going to discuss. Yes. And uh, we'll get into uh, some DVDs. Some, Deadpool 2 trailer. Yep, There's yep, another one. Trailers. Out. Action Point. So uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, but uh, we have a return guest and who hasn't been on in a very long time. You return? I was like, wow. Yeah, was, I, yeah. I didn't remember. Seven yeah. years ago? It's been a, been a few years. <laughs> the first year sure. we we did the podcast? So it's it's been that range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a few years. That's how I like to book. Yeah. <laughs> <seven years>. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, comedian, filmmaker, uh, Avi Lieberman. Yes, thanks an for actor. having me, guys. Yeah. It was fun driving here, driving by all the places I used to audition. So, uh, yeah. uh, oh look, there's a lot I went once. Yeah. So, yeah. But here's the thing so, that's so crazy for me. I think about that like traditional media, and then I go, "But I'm coming to a podcast studio, yes, where there's like a sound stage next to where we're at. The, the ATC is going to be shooting things." And I'm like, I was thinking that too. And then it's like, um, I uh, thought, and then I'm like, this TV show I'm doing is shot at a. Um, a college in san bernardino mm-hmm. which the line producer tabitha bohannon is here hey Hi. tabitha Boy, that's exciting. She, yeah she uh, picking up her payoff money <laughs> uh just get it done this is, hush money. This is, it is so hush money there's so much awful stuff that happens on that set i just give her an envelope and i go tabitha thanks for taking care of that thing right yeah See? Uh, exactly that's why she has a job i got mm-hmm. this <laughs> all right david we'll see you friday at the san bernardino valley college guys tickets still available eight o'clock show go to fnx.org slash comedy and you will see tabitha that's why she came in to play. yeah i was yeah. gonna say i was I just, making I just, her so came played. in just yeah. for a plug yeah, just come in for a plug buy all of them i need buy, more money buy all yeah. of the tickets <laughs> so i can actually pay her a livable wage right now we're paying her in donuts and good times mm. well she is a she woman deserves so a raise. Supposed to make <laughs> yes. she should not make yeah. the wages of you know how it works <laughs> um so avi uh, tell us a little bit about uh you've been touring you've been you've been working on this documentary and, yeah uh, um, basically touring this was kind of uh a film it's weird when you call me a filmmaker but i guess that kind of applies now we uh, you made um, a film you're a filmmaker yeah no don't be ashamed had, um, of it avi <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're uh, in a safe place it's not a badge of honor yeah. or it's not like a com- you're a comic oh jeez I'm, uh, I'm so used to the other way um yeah no, that, no oh great yeah, a yeah. filmmaker you can yeah. sleep in the condo with uh, the yeah. other filmmakers another one yeah. of those um yeah they're so easy to make there's yeah. so many of them <laughs> yeah. it's only taken five six years i guess to put yeah documentary is even easier yeah so much so much so so little footage to, to to plow through um yeah no no i you know, i do this tour in israel a couple times a year and uh where i bring comedians over to perform and it just kind of started to brighten the mood there and over the years like certain people said why don't you just start filming this or uh, people would just show up to the to the shows you know i got a camera you mind if i and i'll give you the footage afterwards i was like all right and uh it kind of is a film that happened on purpose on accident um things were filmed at different speeds at different sound levels and <laughs> And all this stuff. I don't think technologically we could have uh, done it just even like, uh, you know, like a couple of years ago because sound wise, we needed so many things fixed and the things have progressed since then. So like, you know, some was on PAL and some on NTSC. And so we began to record and just uh, over the years, we've had all this footage of a bunch of the comics that have gone over to Israel and we made a documentary about it. And we kind of, the spine of the film was one tour. There was so much that was not usable. Uh, Danny Gold produced it. And Larry Earps directed and edited it. And we, he, Danny is like, let me just send Larry over there. When's your next tour? And that'll be the spine of the film. We'll see if we can get enough to put something together. And it was uh, Wayne Fetterman, Dennis Regan, and, uh, and Ralph Harris. And the title of the film is Land of Milk and Funny. And that kind of became the spine of the film, peppered with different years. 
Uh, and it was at the, you know, we've just screened it a few times, but the response has been great. People really liked it. So, and all of a sudden, just from like a couple of review, I, we had a one screening in Jerusalem when I was just there over the holidays and sold it out. And I didn't even know the editor of the Times of Israel, this guy, David Horowitz, was there. I didn't know he was there. I didn't know he was going to write a review. And from that review, just requests from all over the place. Because uh, I think especially in the Jewish film world, uh, there's every film is like Arab-Israeli conflict or Holocaust or somebody trying to show how terrible Israel is. Like that's just kind of the vibe of almost that's so something that's not that I think they, you know, they like and they they find interesting. So. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's been. Uh, I've certainly learned a lot. So <laughs> in the Jewish film community, a comedy is an outlier. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, is that it's, what you're saying? It's a rarity. Oddly <laughs> enough, or also <laughs> non-political. Yeah, yeah it's, it's everything really involving Israel. Yeah, yeah. There's always a political. Yeah, bent I mean, and mm -hmm. it shows. And the only parts I think of that's involved is, uh, you know, it's people, you'd have an image of it, and it's not that. But that would be as you know, and I'm stretching. But no, mm -hmm. there's no, you know, yeah, it's just not about that. You know, it's about these comics going over there and. You know, some of them experience it differently. Some more religiously, some not. We also, I, we kind of got lucky that uh, Wayne is like, in the film, he's like, you know, agnostic leaning towards atheist. Mm -hmm. He said this is the least religious he's ever been in his life. Dennis Regan is the opposite. He used to be an atheist and is now believes in God again. And Ralph is a church going, you know, grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just dumb luck that all three of them are very different um, in how they would, you know, uh, no, it wasn't. It was things. deliberate casting. Yes, of course. That's why we had somebody else. We kicked him off. But that was, yeah. Uh, you know. And so been going through that, and then working on that, and then um, I wrote a film with a friend of mine, uh, Billy Reback, who you guys know, I think, and uh, mm -hmm. used to executive produce Home Improvement, and just a, a great joke writer called He's Out. And I think we're about to, I think tonight, uh, sign stuff to get that uh, rolling, uh, optioning that. So oh, well, good luck. That's yeah. So. I'm sure that'll be a real quick process. Yeah, yeah. It's always quick that, to turn around. All right, well, have that uh, shot by next month. Well, so. Yeah, when it's out, uh, come back and we'll talk about it in yeah, six absolutely. years. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah. We're open for five. That'll yeah. Be, uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it it is amazing how long it takes to get anything going. Done. Yeah, and I mean, and even when you have except like, in the, money on, in place. you know, the online space is instant and everything else takes forever. Right, and mm -hmm. it, it is astounding though how someone can make a YouTube video and all of a sudden that vaults their career into. You know, mega stardom, and they spent four minutes on it. But to like to get, you know, to get anything rolling off the ground that's more traditional than that. media thought about this, and it, yeah, it's just even when you have money in place. And we were just going hand to mouth. You know, we'd run into five hundred bucks here. Somebody want to give us a thousand dollars there. And right. Oh, good. Now we can edit this three minutes of film. You know, and put mm -hmm. sound to it. But yeah, it's like it's an yeah, it's really hard. And I've learned really expensive. Uh, you know, just trying to get your money back is uh, it's a challenge. But yeah. but if you like it, you know. It's it's worth it once you, you know, see it. You know, you know, you make that final film. That's an accomplishment. Yeah, you get it people done. kept telling me congratulations. I'm like, you haven't seen it. They're like, people who knew more than me and still know more than me. You're like, <laughs> you apparently don't understand like yeah. how hard. Yeah, you, you know, got it I done. Get, now congratulations. Like, yeah. if I could, even if it's unwatchable, congratulations. Yeah, I, I can give you a list of the people who have come to me over the last couple, just the last couple of years, and go, God, I, I got this idea for a doc, Graham. You've done them. Let's talk. And I go, yeah, sure. And either. They don't even show up for the lunch, or we have the talk, and I tell them, and then they go, oh, and then never hear never about hear from it again. again. <laughs> yeah, again. it's a commitment. Just for you guys, I mean, even having a podcast, I was like, everyone, had the amount of viewers and the, how I know what a commitment it takes to do this because I've talked to people and to to get this up and running, I like, I was like, I don't know how Graham and Chris do this, I mean, it could, but it's it's impressive, like to just have something and be able to get it done and finished and put it out all the time is it's hard. I mean, it's not easy. So. I've done it over 412 times. Yes, and that's mm -hmm. especially 412 when you go most people. <laughs> 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 Um, well, let's well, talk let's, about the commitment that we yeah, made to this show. We, and we uh, we made quite a commitment to Pacific Rim Uprising. Now, let me <laughs> preface this I by saying this. <laughs> I liked the first one. I was excited to see this movie. I thought the trailer really brought it to the next level. And I was like, this is going to be great. It's going to be a lot of robots. going to be a lot of monsters. going to be a lot of action. I can't wait to see this movie. We are I, still, I we are going to do a spoiler app yes. with uh, Miguel Ferrero. So it, it mm -hmm. will be, we will get into the, the nitty gritty of it if yes. you want to. So we're going to be broad strokes we're, on this episode. Yeah. But, but I think I, I went into it similarly to you, Chris. Yes, I, I was uh, because I, like I said, enjoyed the first one. This movie... Um, not good. <laughs> Not good. And you know what it felt like what pissed me off the most about it? It felt like um, back in the 90s, like when there was a successful movie, you would get a sequel. But sometimes those sequels had half the budget and would go straight to DVD. 
that's what this felt like. This felt like a straight-to-DVD sequel where we're like, well, we're only going to throw half the budget in it. We're not going to really put any stars in it. We're not going to spend the money. We're going to get uh, all B and C-level talent from in front of the camera to behind the camera, and we're going to cut the budget. But interestingly, that's not what happened. Uh, that's just the result that they got. Like, the budget was still $150 million. And Stephen S. DeKnight, who... Um, wrote and directed uh has got a lot of tv credits and you know a lot of them in genre so uh there was a lot of things that should have gone right that did not in this movie i mean the the story was ridiculous and granted i wasn't looking for something you know amazing i just maybe uh some delivery to the action but you know, it starts off with, like, a girl making her own Jaeger and, like, she's stealing parts. And I'm like, this looks kind of like a Transformers movie and not a good one. And, and uh, I was, I, I was like, was the dialogue this shitty in the first one? Right, right. Like, it was like everything was subpar from the writing, the directing, the acting, the action. How much did the first one cost? Do, do we know The that? first one, well, the first one came out in 2013. Th- th- this will tell you everything you need to know. It was directed by... Guillermo del Toro, yes. and he helped write the script. So just right. that's that's yeah. where you're that's your where you're starting from. Right. And the budget was 190 million. Right. Well, isn't I, I mean forgive the ignorance, so but technically it, it went down. A, yeah. But 150 <laughs> may, for a movie like that is maybe not that much. Is that correct? I mean, 40 million dollars. It's, 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 it's still it's still enough. enough. Yeah. I, it, I mean, honestly, sure. what what that to me that that margin is. You know, that's that's uh, Idris Elba and Guillermo del Toro's fees, you know, because this has John right. Boyega, who's not A-list yet. He's getting there. No. And then a bunch of people you've never heard of. Right. You know, so what's it, interesting. Who did the first one have in it? It had, it had Idris Elba in it. And, and, uh, and Charlie, Charlie Hun- Hunneman. And uh, you know what? It's interesting. Like, you don't realize what a good job they did until they're missing from the second film. Right. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, wow, I really miss those guys. Well, and then the, what they did with the returning characters, we'll get more into this in the spoiler, um, they made me not like them. Like, it was so weird. It's like, so you're not only are you ruining this movie, you're taking everything I liked about the first movie yeah, and like ruining want, that as well. It's like when you want uh, Rocky to lose. Like, that's not... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the oh, I hope this guy yeah. gets knocked yeah. out. Yeah, you yeah. Start, start, you know, you start, Go, start, start yeah. rooting for the, uh, for yeah. the kaijus. Yeah. Uh, so, but... Here's, it, I got 10 bucks on Drago. Yeah. But, but like... Um, Interestingly, like uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro stepped down as director in order to direct The Shape of Water, uh, which of course went on to win the Academy Award. Thank but, God he said, yeah. thank, thank you, Guillermo, yes. for doing yeah. that. And, uh, you know, I was looking for his name in the credits and I was thinking, okay, well, maybe he wrote the story, but after I saw the movie, I'm like, there's no way he, had, and nope, no writing credit. He had a producing Nothing. credit, but I have a feeling that producing credit is because he did the first movie, not because he was right, he probably owned hands on. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he was not hands on in this movie, or would it would not have came out the way. It look did. at these. Look at these three people: Guillermo del Toro, who's an amazing filmmaker who just won an Oscar for one of the more inventive movies to come out in a while. Idris Elba, an amazing actor. Yes. Charlie Hunnam, who amazing, who like is coming from the TV world. He's turning again. So he's so a you, great mumbler. He's a great mumbler. <laughs> he's a good looking mumbler. Yeah. Uh, so that's you took all these really talented people and put them in like okay, big blockbuster monster fight thing. Right. So it'll have all the monster fight, big budget things that you expect, but it'll be done with really with a decent script. And decent, really good acting, and right. and fine directing. This was just like it was. It was like this is a Transformer movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. How yeah. did it do monetarily? I mean, is it, it which one? The first one. Uh, th- this one now. This one now yeah. hasn't done that well. It's only yeah, done about hasn't, hasn't twenty, thirty great. million dollars. Yeah. Okay, so th- this might be a loss. Oh, uh, for sure. Because yeah. you know yeah. what happened? Will China will they will go run and see it no matter what? Or well, yeah, it's a Chinese movie. Like mm-hmm. right, it's got Chinese for. funding. The the we'll get into the spoiler. You know, there's a lot. There's there's a big Chinese company and a, and a, a Chinese woman that's and how she's depicted. I was like, wow, is that the Chinese government? <laughs> Tell, is she the, waving a, a communist well, that's, flag. Or well, that's that? just <laughs> when the the Chinese government puts money into a big budget thing like this. It's you how China is depicted is very. It, it comes with right. strings. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Right. No. No. I know because they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't allow a certain amount of. They only allow a certain amount of movies yeah. to be played there. So I you have to have. So they have to be shot. Part of them has to be shot in China. They have to have a certain number of Chinese actors in them, right. and. 
script is like gone through the, the, the Chinese government. So you, you watch this and you go, I mean, the first one was so fun. There were, there were some fun action scenes in this. Right. There were some fun action scenes, yeah, but it, it but, was, it wasn't a total loss. Like it wasn't unwatchable, but it was, you know, it made uh you know, and it made the first one look like, you know, um, terms of endearment. Yeah. Like, right. You know? <laughs> well, you got to figure, like, how many, especially in the actual, how many sequels are better than the original? There's only a few. I mean, you could, it, it's hard to even think of in any genre where a sequel is better or up to snuff with the first. That's a fair, that's a fair mm-hmm. thing to you know, bring up. I mean, like, people say, oh, The Godfather. I go, okay, well, do you have anything else? Aliens, I mean, you really have to think about it. Aliens, Terminator, you know, there, there's yeah, definitely... Yeah, I think, yeah, Terminator was better. There's the definitely one. ones that right. uh, were, you know, they, they take the movie and make everything bigger and or in a different direction. I think Empire Strikes Back is better than yeah. A New Hope. And uh, yeah. I will say the third Indiana Jones, not the second one, but the third no. one was really good. How do you mind good. the second one? So, you but, like but, Short but, Round? Your big Short yeah. Round? Yeah. Short Round's all oh, right. Oh, Dr. Jones! But, I thought, yeah. but yeah. honestly, I thought the third one with Sean Connery as the dad was my favorite one. Yeah, no, that, that, the, that was definitely Out of the one. three. The four doesn't count. Uh, yeah. So, See, I like so, four the best. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. You know what's amazing, too, is like when you have a movie that's such a misfire like uh, like this one, um, if you didn't know that John Boyega was a good actor, uh, you'd be like, God, he's awful. And, you know, like, <laughs> if this uh, is your first exposure to him, yeah, you'd yeah. be like, Bleh. If you hadn't seen Detroit or if you hadn't sure. seen any of the Star Wars movies, you'd be like, God, where did they find him? He's terrible. And, and that good-looking uh, haircut that's his nemesis or whatever. Wow. Isn't that uh, Clint Eastwood's son? Sure. Isn't that Scott C- Eastwood or somebody? CW kid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. love, but to be fair now. Well, yeah. When did they make this? Before this? How long ago was this made? That's the other question. Probably two years ago is my guess. Well, uh, yeah, that's got to be a year in post for a movie like this. No, okay. But here's the thing, though. Because I, I, I was trying... Was, I was it Scott Eastwood, Aaron? Yeah. No? Yeah. It's... Uh, um, it is. I'll tell you. It was. Yeah, it was Scott Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. Who plays Nate Lambert? But to be fair now, because this is this is the thing sometimes people do with sequels, of of a movie that was just a fun popcorn movie. Let's not idolize the first one, because remember right. we had Will Anderson on the show when this first one came out. <laughs> yeah. And they had American actors doing. All right, mate. They were doing yes. these awful Australian accents, <laughs> yeah. and, and Will was like, "Come on!" But what's amazing is That's a movie like this them taking not <laughs> not being good. It actually makes the first one better. It actually makes the first one look better, <laughs> just because it had bad. Just, just because the second one was bad, like right, uh, it right. actually, you know, it, it it's, in a weird way it elevates the first, the first one. one. Too, right? Yeah, the first one had some decent cameos, and it and it it did some fun things. Um, the first one. It just started right in the middle of the action, and that was cool. It ramped it, up quick. It ramped right. up quick. I mean, this one ramped up quick too. But but uh, yeah, it. I mean, look, I saw it at a food theater, so I'm in a recliner. I've got food. Right. That and I and I was. That's I, how you're supposed to do. There it, was a exactly. lot. This one took a while to get going too. Like, and it also like compared to the first one. And, uh, you know, we'll get more into the spoiler, but like some of the biggest scenes were like, oh, well, this is in the trailer. Like, like when I saw the trailer, I thought, okay, this big scene with the giant kaiju and all the, the, uh, Jaegers getting ready to fight. I'm like, oh, this is probably like in the middle movie. Then it's going to get even crazier after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yeah. That was the finale. Oh, yeah. Of the you film. can't, can't start <laughs> off big and then go, no, that's, that's enough. I don't yeah, think that's, yeah. but, but there's another, there's another factor here in terms of the box office of this film that we should talk about, which is. Black Panther has just become the highest grossing Marvel movie ever. Even over right. Avengers. Over Avengers. It just passed it. And um, that is is part of this. Because if you're sitting there going, I haven't seen Black Panther yet or this sequel that doesn't look that great. I mean, I think this, it, it, it shows you the strength of Black Panther that it's still, what are we, six weeks into its release? I think seven? people are seeing it multiple times. They're seeing too. it multiple, you're seeing yeah. multiple viewings and then. When I went to see it and then people were like, oh, stay to the end. Like half the theater was like, oh, you win. <laughs> yeah, I was walking, like, no, 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 watch. There's a, I didn't get the reference because I don't see all of them. Right. But, um, you know, yeah. And then people, it was at least, you know, numerous people in the theater, it was their second time seeing it. So. But that's the thing too. So, that, so obviously a great example. He, you're not a diehard Marvel guy. Right. I see the good ones. If I hear this is a good sure. one. Mm-hmm. Or it's gotten great reviews. I'm like, all right, that one I'll go see, but I'm not going to go see all of them. Right. So no, a month no. later, a guy like Avi, who's not a diehard Marvel fan, is going. Do I see this Pacific Rim? I don't know anything about whatever. 
or the Marvel movie everyone is telling me is great. Right. Right. Yeah, you know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, 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 no. I'm clearly influenced by what uh, people are going to say. I mean, and if it's a good movie, and Avi, and Avi, Avi has it. a ritual on Tuesdays where he goes to the movies and brings in his lunch. Yes. So uh, I sneak in my lunch every Tuesday. So and he also went up to you on what you brought in. So you brought in sushi that yeah. one time, Avi. What did you bring I, in? I bring in two trays of sushi, salmon avocado sushi every time, jalapeno <laughs> chips. Bottle of water and my frozen yogurt with Reese's peanut butter cups, <laughs> and the key is the bag that you have to smuggle it in with because I, I use like um like you went um, shopping then, for clothes yeah right? and it's like oh this is a gap bag you know or uh, because I it's, some it's I'll split time between the AMC or the Landmark and neither of them really care because who goes to a movie at two you know one in the afternoon right. on a Tuesday then but I always if you just hold the bag and I think mine is um that I picked up at the airport it's like a, um what call it an, uh, a duty free bag. So oh, it just looks, you, you know. It looks like you just were shopping. Yeah, yeah, I was shopping. And then, so why would I, what idiot would put food in a duty-free bag? And then, <laughs> a and grown I got, man is yeah, not going to sneak then, in a full <laughs> lunch right, with a that's frozen absurd. yogurt. What, what kind of child would resort to that? And then, and so, I'll tell you what kind. I mean, a road comic. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> that's who doesn't. And, and that's my little thing. And I said, now, when you guys call me at like Tuesday when I'm like, this is the only thing that will replace this, would be yes. doing comedy film. And I was like, of course it would be appropriate that yeah. it would be during that. Yeah. And the frozen so, yogurt keeps the sushi fresh. Yeah, so it's, that's just like a yeah, chill it's all thought. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember I went down and the uh, yogurt land is being remodeled at Century City, mm. and I had like almost a panic attack. I'm like, what? The, what? What is going on? And I had to like, what do you mean it's being remodeled? And I had like, thank God there was an ice cream place around that I smuggled something and so. But um, it's so yeah, no. funny. I want to tell you. So, so I smuggled my food in mm-hmm. on yeah. uh, on on um, as you should, people. As, <laughs> that's my PS. Because on they had the recliner seats, but the arc light. No, the ArcLight doesn't have recliner seats where I saw Pacific Rim. I, so I'm mistaken. I saw something else. I, I, I got mixed up. I went to the ArcLight. Their food selection blows. And I'm a vegetarian. So I'm, I, if my choices are I, can't, harder, yeah. I can't eat the hot dog. So I'm just gonna, my dinner is going to be a fucking pretzel. No. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm smuggling in um, uh, grape leaves, stuffed grape leaves, and uh, a salad and protein chips <laughs> and uh, water that I brought from home. So... Uh, and I had this thought. This is how brilliant Avi Lieberman is. <laughs> I've been smuggling food in for years, and usually I jam it in my jacket or I have a bat or something. And I thought to myself, God, you know what I should have is some type of gap or like I just went shopping bag. Yeah. They will never question that because yeah, I'm looking at people. It's in a mall. Yeah. And people have those. Right. And I'm and like, no one would ever a, question that. Yeah. Avi's been ahead of this game for years. <laughs> oh, yeah, when it comes to weaseling, yeah, my friend actually used one of my bags, a friend of mine crashing my place and used that bag. I go, what are you doing? It's like, I was like, no, those are valuable. Like, I need that bag. <laughs> you can't, you can't use that one. I just asked next to ask me what, I'll show you what bag to use, but not To my one. defense, <laughs> yeah. the, the theaters that have opened up that have full menu service, mm. I'll glad... They have a full menu, so I can get healthy stuff. I'll gladly sit there and have somebody bring it in. My my argument is, if you're not going to sell, if they sold healthy food, I would buy it. Yeah, and no, what is right. it? I think a, a popcorn and a Coke has more fat than a Big Mac and fries yes. or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because of the, the butter oil. they put on. Yeah, the oil and the yeah. butter. Yeah, so you know, but yeah, I don't want to eat a bunch of that crap. And if you so, had, if you had. Sushi and the salad and healthy stuff. Yeah. I'd I'd buy it. I wouldn't right, smuggle it in. And it's uh, L.A. too. You'd think it'd be the first place that would start right? having that. Wouldn't yeah. the ArcLight be the first? I, I place? can't really make the health argument based on my jalapeno chips and frozen yogurt with Reese's peanut butter cups. But uh, you know, it's just because I want I want that, and they don't have it, so that's, you know, <laughs> I, I can't get away with that. Excuse. So, so uh, we'll get more into it in the spoiler. But uh, Pacific Rim Uprising um, again. Partially my fault for going in with such high expectations <laughs> and excitement, and uh, but not a good film. It really felt like a uh, a direct to DVD uh, sequel that just lacked all of the fun. Not all of it, eighty uh, percent of the fun of the first right. one. So, all right, let's get into uh, another movie. You want to do? Uh, you just recently saw the Gary Shandling documentary. Yes, yeah, I watched so it yesterday. And what's it called? Then uh, the Zen Diaries, I think of mm-hmm. Gary Shandling's Zen Diaries, or the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, something like that. And, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's interesting. I think um, um, it, it's fascinating the way Judd Apatow did it. He actually shows his diaries, like his his journals, mm-hmm. and what he's written over the years. And they actually have, I think, the recording of him, like his first time on stage, because Gary would keep obviously a lot of like logs and journals and recordings and stuff like that. And it, you know, Judd had access to all of it, and they. You know, and he talks about how he started as a writer, and it's interesting today. And he talks about back then there was a there was kind of a shortage of like comedy writers that were guys would 
I mean, so he wrote episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter, and mm. Sanford and Son, and mm. and he's the only writer. And then he said he just didn't feel fulfilled doing that, and he always wanted to do stand up. And he talks about it. He went to the comedy store, and Mitzi Shore had a thing where she comedy writers shouldn't be comedians, and vice versa. That was her thing, because comedy writers there's is a performance aspect, and they don't have that. And she like would tell him, "You need to pick," and because you don't really have, you know, a persona on stage yet, you don't have the internet. And and he worked on that very hard to you know, kind of become who he was. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating how, like he had the Gary Shanley show and he, I didn't realize this part of interesting comedy history. Once Johnny Carson was like, all right, I'm kind of done with this. I I need, um, it was Leno and him uh, back and forth. And it was only those two. Some people thought it'd be Joan Rivers, but once it got to the point where it was, it was Leno Shanley and that was it. And they weren't sure. And Shanley went, I need to, I can't do all of this and the Gary Shanley show at the same time. He was like, I'm, he left. He kind of left the competition to take that over again, and um, which I thought was interesting. And then, and that was before Larry Sanders, you know, right? Right. It's sort of well, it's, that was the thing. That's the, and 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 the Gary Shandling show was the first. This is the theme: the Gary yeah, show, yeah, the yeah, opening. Right. I, like I love that. It was a precursor to sort of breaking the third wall yeah. and all that stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. which was great. They I mentioned mean, that in the doc. How he, he did that, he innovated that kind of right. Thing. And then, well. George Burns innovated that. Well, yeah, but, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean to, to the point where it was a sitcom, right? You know, where it was that was the show. You know, um, was there one of the first Fox sitcoms, like when yes. the Fox Network was first starting? Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. And then, you know, he did really innovative stuff on that show. There's one time where an audience member had a heart attack, and then he died, and everyone like he went to heaven and they helped, you know, they started out real serious. There's just a guy in the audience laughing really hard, and Gary's like, "Oh, this guy's great," and then the guy starts choking, and they go to please stand by, and then. The whole cast has to deal with it, and the guy comes back as a ghost, and you're like, "Oh, this is a joke." But they just—they did it. It was really—it was really inventive. And then they got you. In other words, they caught yeah. you. right. And then the Larry Sanders show was awesome because he just got to sit and make fun of all of the shit that was happening that he obviously recused himself from. Right. When he when he walked away from the Tonight Show. Right. And I remember seeing him on the tonight show with Jay Leno a year a couple years after Leno got it and it all settled down and he was just like yeah they were t- and Jay was like yeah we were both in the day but you and I were both doing it and he goes yeah yeah and then uh, you kicked Johnny out and he's on the street selling oranges right, yeah. <laughs> and it was like I was like damn Shandling called him out on he was sitting on the couch right there on his show mm-hmm. and that's the thing I always I sort of had a lot of respect for him but like the yeah. interview I mean they all they do is interview all these huge comics like John Favreau and Kevin Nealon and yeah, no, it, and... it's interesting. There wasn't, uh, you know, it's fascinating to watch them like talk about it. No, I mean, yeah, I remember that. But um, one of his final roles was as a Hydra agent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he, um, you know, it, it focuses obviously like any comic does is insecurities about things and relationships, and, mm-hmm. and then you know, and he said that's where he would get a lot of material. It's like, and if things were going too well, and he's like, you know, I don't, what's going on? Like, you know, it, there's all that you know, insecurities that he always had, but it, very driven, very like driven to work and get better and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's a lesson in, I think, in discipline to to any comic or somebody working in the entertainment industry that it's, there's a lot of stick-to-itiveness and yeah, a lot of failures and then, you know. Right. And ups and downs. But once he, um, you know, hit it, it was, you know, he, the meteoric, you know, he had a big rise and kind of stayed there. There was mm-hmm. never any lull. It was always his decision to like, I'm stopping the show or I don't want, I need to do something else. So... But a lot of his relationships and things like that. But it, it's good. I mean, it's definitely worth it. If you're a, a student or a fan of comedy at all, it's you, it's it's as close to a must-see as you can get. Oh, that's so. great. All right. We'll talk about now a uh, thriller horror movie that you saw, Unsane. Yes. This is a Netflix mm. film? No, no, no. In the no, theaters. It's in no, it's theaters. in the theaters. Yeah. yeah. All right. mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the lead one. She's a British actress, but she plays an American. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's worth Foy. Yes. It? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a good movie. They do a good job of, um, it ended and there were enough of us in there that kind of stuck around that, um, I wasn't bored at all. That's always my first thing. Like, am I going to doze off in this or am I? Well, it's, it's a Steven Soderbergh movie too, yeah, which, right. which is like, oh, he's kind of doing a weird horror thriller. Yeah, and then there are a few mm-hmm. twists and turns. You're like, oh, that was, and then I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. And then and a couple, and then after it, it ended, there were a couple of scenes towards the end itself. So it wasn't like so distanced. Where you go, what was that? And so, oh, it was this. And you go, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so without spoiling anything, but yeah, no, it's 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 a good movie. I mean, I think it's it's worth seeing. So man, I wasn't bored at all for a second. And then they do a good job of questioning, and I don't think this ruins anything. Of like, is she nuts or not? 
Like, mm-hmm. is she is she really crazy in the beginning? Is she or is seeing this, hallucinations? Right. Like, what is are this the sim- in her head? Is it not? Is she the person who's crazy? Is what she what are the symptoms? Like, what what's how does uh, it manifest? She basically, um, you know, she had a stalker, and then she she says this to you. They don't show any of this beforehand. She has anxiety about it, mm-hmm. and she goes to a clinic to get treated for that by her own volition. Goes there and tries to get treated, and all of a sudden, it's kind of she's in this clinic and can't leave. And you're wondering, like, what's going on? Like, why can't she leave? What's what's the deal? And that's kind of not revealed necessarily, but in, as the movie goes on, Jay Farrow is very good in it. He's in it and kind of plays a straight up, straight up actor, but um, has some a few comedic moments. But um, yeah, no, you know, it's a good movie. It's it's worth seeing. And there are a few. And when it ends, you'll have to go, oh yeah, a couple of things where it it makes you it makes you think. So that I think as an end, so film, it was a I good thriller. Yeah. Okay. Better than a lot of the ones that All I've seen. Right. All right. Yeah. I did be curious to hear what you guys think about it. But, I'm yeah. excited to Good see movie. that one. All right. Now let's pay some bills. Oh yeah, yeah buddy. We... Speaking of mental institutions. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, this episode is brought to you today by ZipRecruiter. You know, are you hiring? Position uh, posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. There's a better way, people. There's a better way. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day, Graham. One day, Graham. One day. That's fantastic. That's Mm -hmm. why I love ZipRecruiter. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. And right now, Comedy Film Nerds listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Uh, just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Nice. Oh, oh we also got good, some, that ad read. Uh, real <laughs> tight. Good. Yeah. Real crisp. Yeah, good. Um, and uh, we have some Patreon sponsors. This is what you guys get if you go to the Patreon. You get for $50, you get a red, you get a red on every episode. Yes, you do. How Even about, the spoilers. Even the spoilers. Mm-hmm. Not the stuff that's on Patreon. The, no, that would be redundant. That'd be really weird. You wouldn't need to <laughs> sponsor a thing you're already sponsoring. Right. Getting bonus content for it. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got who do we got? Uh, what's your name, Chris? We've got uh, Will Leonard. We got Will Leonard's wife, Katie Bagwell. Uh, she signed up for Bike MS, a fundraising ride that's changing the lives of people affected by MS and helping fuel progress toward a world free of MS to ride from Houston to Austin at the end of April. And uh, she needs your help and your donation. You can reach her donation page at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash K-T-M-S 150. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash K-T-M-S 150. And if you can, please help her achieve her goal. And also the Audacity Performing Arts Project. They're bringing performing arts opportunities to school communities who cannot afford them. Uh, And then also they want to help out Katie Bagwell. So if you, I love Patreon supporters chipping in, helping each other, support each other. It's amazing. Um, So if you sponsor um, Catherine Bagwell and her Bike MS fundraiser and make a token donation to Audacity for fifteen bucks, uh, they'll send you one of their amazing shirts as a thank you. Just use the donation link uh, www.audacityperformingarts.com/donate. That's www.audacityperformingarts.com/donate. Let's get off our asses and make the world a better place. Seriously, if we don't, who will, Graham? Who will? No one in the exactly. world will wonder. I think the producers from Pacific Rim 2. Yes. <laughs> I think they need to get they off their asses. Better place. So. Yeah. They could donate a lot of money. Yeah. They could. They could. And they don't also, need to live in a mansion. They could live in a, a two-bedroom condo, Chris. They and could. Give, and give the rest to MS and Audacity. They'd be fine. They'd be fine. Yeah. And our final uh, Patreon uh, sponsor, supplyanddemandinvesting.com. SupplyAndDemandInvesting.com because planning for retirement should be as easy as planning your next vacation. It just takes longer. Hire somebody at ZipRecruiter, plan for your retirement, then support the arts and MS. And that's your day. That you got your day squared away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all set. And a little something over at the Patreon.com slash Comedy yeah, yeah, Filmers. Give Chris yeah. and I a taste. We yeah. don't need a lot. No, no. Just a little taste. Wet our beaks. A little <laughs> something to get my Enough beak to make wet. Pacific Room 3. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where the kaiju, uh, they're on Yeah, they're kickstarting it. Yeah, they're kickstarting it. three. <laughs> they may have to after the second. <laughs> yeah, it had a bad weekend. Yeah. It got crushed. Yeah. I think we got a couple of trailers, Chris Mancini. We do. We've got uh, Deadpool 2. This is the next one. Uh, a new trailer. Yeah, it already has 27 million views. <laughs> Here we go. 
Actually, that may have been me. Oh, you're living the dreams, DP. Yeah. Devil may care attitude. <laughs> Strong guys. Beautiful girlfriend. Sorry I'm late. I was rounding up all the gluten in the world and launching into space where it can't not hurt us ever again. Kiss me like you miss me, Red. What in the fucksicle is this? My <laughs> <laughs> name's Cable. I'm here for the kid. What? The kid? Move or die. <laughs> Kids give us a chance to be better than we used to be. He needs you. You're a lot smarter than I look. <laughs> I ain't letting Cable kill this kid. But I can't do this alone. Can you speak up? It's hard to hear you with that pity dick in your mouth. <laughs> We're gonna form a super duper fucking group. We need them tough, morally flexible, and young enough to carry their own franchise for 10 to 12 years. We will be known as X-Force. Isn't that a little derivative? You're absolutely right. Now, let's go get our fuck on. Don't call it a comeback! I've been here for years, I'm rocking my shit, putting suckers in fear, making the tears rain down like a monsoon, listen to the bass go. Tell me they got that in slow motion. I'm gonna knock you Doing the right thing is messy. But if you want to fight for what's right, sometimes you have to fight dirty. Nat is why Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is pure pornography. Oh, God, I wish I finished college. It lives up to the hype, plus plus. Fuck it, they probably won't even make a three. Yeah, why would they? Stop it, too. You killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Looks, looks fantastic. Really yeah. Really <laughs> you know, I, I mean, thank you for making another trailer, but I'm right. in. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you at the when the credits rolled on the first Deadpool, I went. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm for ready the for the sequel. Drigo. I mean, yeah. I'm glad I got to see what the mm -hmm. fucksicle. Yeah, fucksicle. He had me a yeah. fucksicle. But he had me a fucksicle. <laughs> but like, I don't need any more jokes. I don't want to burn any more jokes. Right. Like, I just right. want to see it for the first time in the theater. While I, I'm sneaking in uh, a, a whole full meal, a whole full meal in yeah. a Victoria's Secret. By the way, my friend Danny, who I made the the other documentary, I, my goal is I used to have a smuggling jacket, so I'm, I was with Graham. I, I wasn't always this. Uh, mm -hmm. Then it had multiple pockets, and that right. I could shove the sushi trays in that big pockets. And my goal was to have a full steak dinner, like tape plates and candlesticks. <laughs> and, and my friend Danny goes, you do that and I'll film it. And I'm still thinking about that. White tablecloth, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, the whole well, thing. Well, you know, that, yeah, the Landmark has that one theater where you could sit on the couches. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they have the tables. Yes. And I want to, like, get the candlesticks on there. And, like, <laughs> like, that's my goal, to get that to get that done. So. You, Avi Lieberman, are my inspiration. You inspire me to be so. a better person. <laughs> So I got to say this Deadpool trailer, it looked really fun. Like you said, yeah. I, like, I don't want to see any more now. I'm just ready to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, we always say this. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to see, don't show me anymore. Yeah, that's, it's, we're I'm done. In. It's in, yeah, we're done. We're ready. Can I get, ready can I go. buy the ticket now? Yeah. Like, let's yeah. just get this. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I love how they just add the other X-Men in, like uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead is back, uh, Colossus, and they just, they just make fun of the whole universe. What's interesting now is that Disney is now going to own Deadpool again because oh, it, because Fox had the rights because well, no. he's you know yeah, one of the X Men so I wonder like if uh, Cinderella uh, show up in there no. uh, <laughs> yeah we might have a crossover yeah, yeah, the yeah. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> so you wonder if Deadpool is going to show up in any of the other Marvel franchises now but I, I'll tell you the thing about Deadpool <laughs> is that it really should be its own thing like I don't need guest stars and crossovers you know you could use all the unused X Men that's fine uh, but yeah uh, if you can go to the web but, just if you want to find like uh, you know, well, well drink superheroes that right. nobody, you know, like yeah. those unused ones or go to the 99 right. cent store, fine, but I don't yeah. need big names in this. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where, yeah, Deadpool shows up in all the other Marvel comics and stuff, but they've made the movies 
such their own things. Yeah. He wasn't this way in the comics. Is he this smart-ass kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is. is. He is. And is he, he that obnoxious? Yes. Yeah, he okay. is. And, and they, uh, that's the thing why, why the first one was so great and why we're mm-hmm. so excited for this one. Mm-hmm. They adapted the comic so well. Right. Because okay. I mm-hmm. thought the first one was hilarious. I thought, you yeah, know, when yeah. the credits came up of, like, written by some over... You know, the true hero. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, writer's by yeah. You know, some a, tool. A spoiled douchebag. You know, yeah. like that. That I thought was really fun, but I wasn't sure whether that right. was... Really, you know. So I, I feel like the filmmakers have done such a great job, and Ryan Reynolds too, of just creating their own kind of world with Deadpool, even with adding some of the X Men characters. Like you don't need to see Spider Man or Iron Man in a Deadpool movie, right? Right. Like, right. like this Unless is he's the kind totally of thing. with them, I think that, that yeah. Would be fun. So uh, because they also have just such a different tone, which is fine. It's fine. I mean, so uh, I think we can enjoy them as they are, <laughs> um, without worrying about any crossovers. So. Uh, let's get to the next one. Action point. Action point. Official trailer. Here we Two go. Two and a half million views because Johnny Knoxville. Thanks for taking care of her dad. She loves having you around. Get it at the bottom of the ball. Really hot. <laughs> that looks fun. Your mom ever tell you it's your old papa home on the greatest amusement parks of all time? Those days were different. There weren't so many rules. Your mom would come for the summer. Boogie! Hi! Oh, baby doll! Even back then, she was the voice of reason. You're the lifeguard. Shouldn't we be facing the water? Ah, let God sort them out. (laughs) What's our attendance today? Down about 45%. What? Suppose you probably heard you got some competition in town. They've got roller coasters and a chairlift that actually works. This is our home. We can't just let somebody take it. Damn it! What this place needs is an excitement enema. We're going to make this place fast and loose. Every ride, steady go. Every attraction, no rules, no speed limits. Just pure fun. That sounds kind of dangerous. Let's see what this baby can do. like the jackass movies always i couldn't it just wore out after a while right. you know they're just mm-hmm. funny short videos but bad grandpa had a, they, an actual story they found a story to put the stunts and this crazy shit in there mm-hmm. and that's what they they it sounds like they're just taking it yeah. to the next level well this is what makes me excited about this movie is first of all it, d- it does look funny i mean i uh, you know some of the stunts and can't and, be falling and fell, yeah it is is <laughs> uh Jerry Lewis it's fun it's based on an actual place there's uh, a place called Action Park that was in New Jersey that they had the most unsafe place where people would literally die and get hurt because they had all these crazy unsafe attractions. You know, and if rides. they were to say that based mm-hmm. on an actual place, I think that would draw that would draw me to see it. Right. right now, I'd be on the fence or something. That's like why this. it's called but Action you Point. You put that in there, and now I'm intrigued. Now I really yeah. want to see that this because was because you know, the actual yeah. place was called Action Park. So they changed it to Action Point because I'm sure they couldn't get the rights and they're probably going to take some liberties. But even stuff like like that slalom where they're on the car and it goes off the track, right. that actually exists and <laughs> happened hilarious. that you know people got hurt on. So uh, like they literally, they had a, uh, a water slide with like a loop on it and where you know people would get hurt and <laughs> die. Like uh, uh, there's documentaries online you could see like uh, about this actual place that you know closed and reopened and, clo- and, and uh, all, all the And there was some and psychopath that gri- ran it. Grifter yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it was like, ah, 
that's you know what's a couple of deaths yeah, who cares? you know and just i remember uh, growing up in houston so we had astroworld yeah. and it was like mm-hmm. is a kid you're going every summer to that and mm-hmm. i remember they had the one you'd lean against the wall and it would spin you around really fast and the floor would drop out from underneath right. you mm-hmm. and i think that that was a standard one i'm sure you guys yeah and all of a sudden one year it was gone I don't know what happened to that. It was like, oh, we don't want to talk about it. It was like, like a bunch of people got hurt on it or something. Right. And they got rid of that one. But uh, so, so I think the fact that this is actually based on an actual place makes me want to see it even more. Uh, now I, I want to see it now. <laughs> I would advertise that. That say this is yeah. based on an actual place. Mm-hmm. I would put, you know, the beginning of the movie. So, and who better to do something like that than Johnny Knoxville? So <laughs> he's doing what he knows. Yep. <laughs> stick True. your wheelhouse. That's mm-hmm. it. So, all right, DVDs and Blu-rays. We've got Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Now, I, I really liked this movie. I found it, it polarized a lot of people. There were fans furious about this movie. I didn't uh, get that. I, I, I don't understand why they got so mad about it. I wasn't it. happy about Luke dying, but, you know, I, I got it, you know? We knew that was... But everyone knew that going in. I mean, the title, it's called The Last Jedi. In right. the trailer, he's like, oh, the Jedi. And he'll be back die. as a Force yeah. ghost. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, we'll see him again. You know, we'll see him floating around somewhere, mm-hmm. talking in some cryptic stuff. Harry Potter's parents. Yeah. Arguing <laughs> with Yoda. <laughs> From yeah. a certain point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um, so, um, th- you know, this is out on DVD, Blu-ray. I'm sure there's like a ton of special extras and features uh-huh. and stuff. So uh, check it out. Um, I doubt anyone listening to this show hasn't seen the movie yet. It'd be unlikely. Right. <laughs> but uh, I'd be check it out if you haven't. And uh, also, The Last Movie Star. I didn't get a chance to see this movie, but it looked really good. It's got Burt Reynolds in it. And I loved the uh, premise of, like, uh, Burt Reynolds is an aging actor who gets invited to get a Lifetime Achievement Award at a film festival. But it's a really low-rent film festival, and the reason he's getting it is because no one else showed up. And it's uh, uh, written and directed by our, uh, our uh, uh, previous podcast guest, Adam Rifkin. Yeah, I think actually this movie it's 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 being in the theaters, mm-hmm. but it's also I think it's on demand. It's too. on demand. It's like they're doing a day and date release. Uh, I believe thing. so. I'm not okay. I'm not completely sure, but it's definitely limited release. But it looks really good. It looks like one of those just you know they call them gray leads. You know where it's you know he kind of looks back on his life. It's like what happens if you've been famous and then your your fame fades when you're you're older and you know it, he's coming to terms with all those yeah, things yeah sam so elliott like, did one of these mm-hmm. um there's one out i didn't get to see uh with annette benning where she plays like a she's supposed to be great in that people said that she, she had that gotten any attention she would have mm-hmm. won the academy award there's there's no love in um, are you even movie stars dance or something like that it, it or, takes place in england and, yeah um, yeah but she's supposed to she be dates a younger man and yeah, a friend of my son said she was outstanding in it. Like, so these can be really good. The Sam Elliott mm-hmm. one that came out, I think a year or so ago, was really good, where he's the old mm-hmm. cowboy that is having a second life. And uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I love Burt Reynolds. I, yeah, I saw yeah. the trailer for this right, and was yeah. like, all right, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And he plays this hobbling old guy at this thing, and uh, he's talking to all these young kids at the film festival. And he's like, who else has won it? And they name all these big name people and they're like, you're the only one who showed up. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting to see. I remember being at Sundance and there was a short film uh, about an aged hitman. It was played by Lee Majors. And who was the I remember man. that movie. Yeah. It was a short film. Yes, it was mm-hmm. the $6 million man. It was yeah. the year both of our films were up right. in Park City. Mm-hmm. And I went to the screening and he spoke and I was like, he went up and yeah. spoke for a short film. For a short film, awesome? and, and and it was so amazing because first of all, he was great in it. I forget the title of it. I don't even know where you could see it. But then I'm just like, I grew up watching the Six Million. I'm like, there's Steve right, Austin. Yeah. That's great, right, Steve yeah. Austin. And then and, and not the Fall Guy. And the Fall Guy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the Fall Guy. <laughs> and so there was a he married Farrah Fawcett. Oh, briefly yeah. i know he's like, <laughs> yeah. I heard he hooked up with Heather Locklear. Like this guy was awesome. Um, so he. He gave this, you know, and it was in some, because I think it was like slam dance. It, was, it wasn't even, it was like, like a, you know, some weird screening room. It wasn't like slam some, dunk. It some, could have been, yes, yeah, one of, one of the spinoff festivals. Um, but he gave, he spoke afterwards and he was just like, uh, you know, I've done a lot of things that were you know, frivolous and I just felt like it was time to kind of give back. And you're just like, yeah, you were on yeah, Big yeah. Valley. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actors want to want to work. I think they just want to do. You get to a point where like, like you know, if he, I'm sure he's got plenty of dough. Mm-hmm. I think he just wants to do something that's meaningful after a while. If you don't need the money, 
mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they, you know, they want to do it. People have said that. Uh, they, student films, a lot of big stars will surprisingly show up in student films. Someone said, like, you just ask them. And they're going to go on. They want to work. They want to do stuff. I saw John yeah. Landis speak at a film festival maybe 15, 20 years ago, and he was talking about the Blues Brothers. And people go, wow, how did you get Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles? He goes, I asked them. Just ask. And they're like, yes, of course I'd love to be in it. If it's a decent script, if they can tell you're not like going to waste their time with Mickey Mouse bullshit, if you got your shit together, they'll do it. We got Orson Bean to come to a table read. Yeah. And and he played this owner of a table read. And uh, the movie I wrote with Billy, uh, he's out. And he he destroyed. I mean, we had somebody totally different thought of. uh, Ed Asner was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And he just got busy. And we're like, what about Orson Bean? And. One of the guys they read, he goes, oh, he's in, he comes to my acting class sometimes. And they're like, will you? And he came down and did it. Totally different take and destroyed with laughter. Mm-hmm. Totally different. But a guy of that level who's been acting since 1950. Right. You know, he just asked me, he goes, yeah, I'll come down and do it. You well, know? that's the thing too. You, you, if they've been acting, they're really good. Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> you give them a script yeah. and they'll look it over and go, okay. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, no, and he took it and like, he was playing like a curmudgeon you know, baseball owner. And we had the typical, he only cares about the money and and we had written the guy in our heads of like Ed Asner's type of, you know, and he he became Jerry Jones-esque about it. And it was a totally different take. And we're like, oh my God, this guy, like, this might be better than what we had thought. Yeah. He stuck to the script, didn't change a word, and was just totally different than anything we imagined. Right. And, you know, but yeah, you just ask. Sometimes you'd be amazed, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, actors want to do stuff. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, the site spotlight and the fan feedback. Um, hey, did you guys know that uh, Comedy Film Learners is now available on Spotify? Uh, yeah, Spotify is making it easier to stream this, uh, the CFN podcast and many others. Uh, all you have to do is open the app on mobile or desktop, click on the browse channel, then click on the podcast section. So take Comedy Films. Comedy film nerds with you wherever you go, thanks to Spotify. So that, what I kind of like about Spotify is you can uh, um, you can listen to music, podcasts. It's a lot of different audio kind of combined, which is uh, which is kind of cool. Which I think is is like a one stop shop kind of thing. And also um, short films on uh, YouTube. Uh, Man Who Loved Donuts is now over a thousand views. <laughs> so wow. that's the uh, Paul F. Tompkins movie we made when we were 21 back in Philly on Super 8 film. Uh, and also Hello Junkie is up there now too. So you can check out Graham's uh, movie and uh, meet Detective Ken Stryker. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cool things if you guys go to the YouTube channel. I remember Ken Stryker, that was great. That, thank you. There's uh, <laughs> Skins is on here. Uh, and also what we do, for those of you listening, um, there's another way to consume the show is if you go to YouTube, we just break up each movie. To, like like today's episode, there'll just be a clip of us talking about Pacific Rim. There'll just be a clip of us talking about Gary, Gary, Gary Shandling. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the studio as a different vibe. Right. It definitely. You know what uh, I mean? yeah. So you can see a bunch of really cool videos and then there's all these short. And they're quick. They're yeah. quick. They're little, little pieces. So the other thing I, I, we put up there is one of my, the first short film I ever did when I was 13 I did it with Dave Schmidt, who we're still working with to this day. Yes. And uh, what we did is we went back. It's a little animation, claymation uh, movie called Another Blob Movie, where we just brought our toys to school and filmed them on a uh, like a, an 8mm camera. And then we went back like uh, in our 30s and added like a soundtrack and uh, an audio mix. So uh, it sounds really good. <laughs> so check that out. It's a couple of minutes. It's called Another Blob Movie, also on the YouTube channel. If you want to see, uh, as we were budding filmmakers and uh, 13 years old. Yeah, you can see our TiVo ad on the line. Yeah, TiVo ad is on there as well. Um, and uh, all the shorts. So uh, check it out. Waste some time and uh, uh, enjoy the videos. Yeah, because we got to get to 4,000 watch hours. Yeah, and just like and subscribe. And yes. hit all the, hit all, hit, help, H- hit all the buttons. Hit all the YouTube <laughs> Google, Google Annex. Yes. Google Antics? Um, Google Google Analytics. 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 Also premiering this week, we have Ready Player One, which we're really excited about this week. And we're doing a spoiler up on that for sure. We'll be doing a spoiler up, uh, and we'll be having uh, Tom Merritt will come and talk about too, and he'll be uh, also talking about the tech of a um, you know a massive online multiplayer world and what it look like in the future and what it looks like right now actually. So. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I'm really excited about this movie. I love the book. There's definitely some liberties, like, uh, because the book was pretty much set in the 80s as far as all the references were. Like, obviously, Iron Giant was not in the right, 80s. Right. So, but so Spielberg, you know, took some of those liberties. But 
I don't care. It's you know, it's you can enjoy the book and enjoy the movie. It'll be a little bit different, uh, but it looks like just this big, giant, fun popcorn movie set inside a uh, a computerized world. So I'm on board. And the next one is Ty- Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Now this is like a great weekend to release this movie because it's perfect counter programming. If you're like, eh, I'm not not a gamer. I don't want to see Ready Player One, and I'd rather go see a uh, thriller. That's uh, and I've already seen. What was that movie you saw? Uncrazy or something? Yeah, insane. Uh, insane. Yeah, insane. I've already seen insane. So it, it's a, um, uh, it, it's interesting. Even when Tyler Perry's not doing a Medea movie, it's still Tyler Perry's movie. Like he always puts his name first, I, I was regardless just thinking about of this what guy. it is. Like he does these big broad comedies. He does a lot of relationship movies, and now mm. he's just doing like. An angry, a pissed off black woman's gonna go fuck people up. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. seen yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you got to make sure you know right, it's yeah. Tyler, Tyler Perry. Perry's yeah, acrimony. Mm-hmm. He's letting you know this yes. is my brand. Yeah, yeah. It has the possessive S on it. And I will, I yeah. And I will have. Uh, I don't care about your nerd movie that's coming right, out this exactly. weekend. Exactly. Yeah. The question is, how often does he does he go like if he goes to Starbucks and the name on the cup Tyler Perry's coffee mug? Like yeah. yeah. Is it really this? You're that possessive, sir. <laughs> Couldn't just said Tyler. This is Tyler Perry's parking space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, that is our show. That is our show, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing the Pacific Rim spoiler app. Check that out. Avi, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, you can go to avilieberman.com, L-I-B-E-R-M-A-N, with the weird spelling. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm there. I post a lot on Facebook. You can, I think I'm at Maxed Out Friends, but I respond to every message. Um yeah, and you can find me there. I have uh, shows coming up over Passover. Shocking. Um, at various places. And yeah, I got the Israel tour coming up. The next one is uh, May uh, 27th through June 2nd. And mm-hmm. that will be with uh, Alonzo Bowden, Jessica Kirsten, and Moody McCarthy. Because I know so, we we have listeners in Israel. So maybe they'll, oh, yeah. uh, they'll show yeah, up. Have them come out. Yeah, you can go to uh, comedyforkobe.com. And that has the schedules already up on mm-hmm. that. I think you can buy tickets in about a week. Um, but yeah, the schedule's up there of what show is in what city on what night. And that's at comedy for Kobe with a K K O B Y dot com. Great. Nice. So nice. Check that out, everybody. Um, yeah. there's only four more episodes of the FNX comedy experience, but there's only three you can buy tickets to the fourth, the final episode, the 13th episode is we're shoot, There's like a whole high school that's going to be there. So I can't put the tickets on sale. That's on April 20th. If you really want to come to that episode that we shoot at San Bernardino, you have to go to high school. We got to go back to high school. <laughs> yeah. You got to be like that Adam Sandler movie. Um, Which many millennials need, uh, <laughs> but uh, email me if you really want to come to that one. But um, this uh, March 30th, this Friday, we've got an amazing show. We've got uh, Shoshone Livingston, uh, Luz Pezos, uh, Donovan Archibald and Chuck Cease, all native performers. And then uh, Jimmy Doors on the April 6th and then a show's on the 13th. So come out, go to, just go to my website, grandmelwood.com. You can get access to that and, and my YouTube channel and and uh, and all that. So come out and so there's only, come out and support the show. It's, it's also on the air. If you're like, Graham, I, I don't live near you. I can't see an episode. Uh, every Friday night, we drop a new episode. Episode four will, will premiere at nine o'clock. Pacific midnight Eastern. So go to fnx.org to see if it's carried in your area. It's carried by some PBS channels and all that other stuff. So support the show, support public broadcasting. Don't be a jackass. Do it. And uh, the great thing about the show too is there's no filters, there's no gatekeepers where you guys got to do kind of whatever you wanted. It's not network TV stand up where right. that's it's scrubbed and can't be political and can't be to this or to that. I mean, obviously, you every can't. set has to be approved. No. No, it's, the approval is me. Right. Then, <laughs> there's a couple like words or something might, there's some, uh, we've had a couple bleep. bits. Bleep, we've right. had to bleep a couple. Maybe something's a little too sexual. We've had to pull a couple of those jokes. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like, Content wise, content wise, yeah. it's more like watching stand ups in a club. It's not the like four and a half minute rigid showcase showcase show, set that yeah. you see on right. a lot of network TV. It's really cool. The comics do 15 minute sets live. I cut it down to about 10 minutes for the final edit. So you're seeing four comics. Plus me, each doing about 10 minutes is the final thing. So check it mm-hmm. out. It's a really cool, unique show. It's, there's never been a Native American stand-up comedy TV series. Ever. Ever. So it's a first. It's a first. Well, they haven't deserved it up until this point. No. They, yeah. they, 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 I mean, let's be honest, people. They haven't had a, they've had a pretty fair shake. Yeah. I mean, let's I mean, be. Come on. They, they yeah. got casinos. What else do they <laughs> yeah, need? Yeah, they got casinos. <laughs> 
so um so i did want to announce too uh, i got the final pages for long ago and far away the art is now done oh, for the graphic novel bow, bow. very excited so now we're in layout phase which means that the um, the digital rewards will actually be going out, uh, I'd say, probably within a couple of weeks. And then we'll be uh, printing hard copies to send out those rewards soon. We are at the, uh, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. Nice. It's, uh, we're almost done. So we're very excited. And then also, once the book is complete, we'll be selling it on uh, Comedy Film Nerds as well, in case you missed out on the Kickstarter. So, all right, that's the show. Thank you, Avi Lieberman. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Aaron Brungard, and everybody at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.